Welcome to the Women's Leadership Network podcast series. This series was created as a means to encourage, inspire, and empower women who want to make their lives better. I think that fear of making the wrong next move prohibits people from exploring other opportunities. But it's really not that scary, because again, if that one's wrong, you'll find something that's right. We look for current issues and challenges facing women in the legal world and offer ways of tackling these issues, as well as provide a community of support and engagement. I'm Jeannie Forrest for the Women's Leadership Network. Our guest today is Mitra Hermosi, a 1995 graduate of NYU Law and the Executive Vice President and General Counsel of Revlon. I'm so tickled that you're here today, Mitra. Oh, so happy to be here. You're here, I understand, to discuss your varied career and the flexibility of a law degree, how it applies to all kinds of professional applications. Yes. So let's go. I always like to start because, you know, this is oriented around women. Men listen to this too, you know. I like to think that. I like to start off with the question about how you're law school experience impacted you, what it was like for you? So I have to say, I have very mixed feelings about my law school experience at NYU. Um, Oh, thank goodness. I would hate it if you just said straight up that it was just fantastic. (laughs) No, it definitely was (laughs) not just fantastic. I ended up going to law school not so much because I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, but more because I'm the daughter of immigrants who had insisted that I had to have some graduate degree experience, so college wasn't enough. And being a history major, I picked law school, lucky enough to get into NYU. But once I got to NYU, I sort of struggled a little, right? I didn't quite know what to make of law school. I didn't even know what a tort was when I first entered my it's a dessert day Come on, <laughs> in class. I'm like, what is this class? Why didn't I look it up? And so I was not a star. I didn't shine mm-hmm. in law school, which caused me to really have a lot of insecurities and self-doubt, which I think as a woman is something we have a little bit more of than men do. It Not kind of, to generalize. It kind of plays a, into who yes. you already, the kind of natural disposition that you felt like you already had. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that turned into, as a young lawyer, I also wasn't quite sure where my career was going, what I wanted to do. I made some couple of mistakes early on. And so my experience was one not of the brilliant editor-in-chief of Law Review, but just the opposite, right, of an average law student who was trying to figure out, okay, so now what do I do? Filled with anxiety and worry. Mm -hmm. You're kind of hanging on, getting through it. Yeah. And, you know, I did well in some classes and completely average in other classes. Which Figuring out what the hell a tort was. Yes. <laughs> took me a couple of days, too. No. Yeah. You mentioned that your family, um, that you have immigrant parents who Correct. had expectations. Yes. First of all, where were they from? So my background, I'm Iranian. Mm-hmm. They, my parents came in the 1960s mm-hmm. and stayed, but they very much, both my parents had, my dad has a PhD, my mom had a master's, and so there was no option. And for them, you know, it was 
doctor, lawyer, professor. So they saw education as a sort of royal highway into something Or just as a mandatory, just a must, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) It was no options. You have to be really well educated. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And any of those three were fine. Professor, doctor, lawyer. And I'm like, huh? not the doctor, and that's way too much school to be a professor, so I opted for law. How have you negotiated that now? Well, now I'm delighted, right? I think I've, uh, I chose well for myself. Even though in those early years, I really did have lots of uh, doubt and Mm -hmm. second guessing of what did I do? Because, you know, it's also law school is expensive. You come out with a lot of debt, and you're wondering, where is this all going to end up? Law school is not meant to be easy under any circumstances. Not at all. Yes. And then this is, I mean, this is a very high profile law school. Correct. And so then, you know, that's kind of an added layer. Yes. And to get into it, you obviously had to have done well before. And so it was a real struggle to be mediocre. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does suck. Right? Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're like, oh, everyone's really smart and a lot of people are doing a lot better than me. Does that mean I'm going to fail? Well, the good thing about this is that um, it's also kind of a great message to students who are experiencing just exactly that. Well, I yes, I'm going to be the poster child of it's okay, right? It's okay not to be the number one or two student at this school, you can still have a phenomenal career mm-hmm. and love everything you do. And so, yeah, I, I think that's my, if anything comes out of this talk, it will be for all of those students who aren't doing as well as they'd hoped, it's okay. Yeah, you and don't have to be the MVP. opens up a lot of opportunities, mm. as does being a lawyer, right? Was there an inflection point that you felt like at some point in the career path where it turned? So I think I struggled with my lack of confidence up through becoming an assistant United States attorney. Mm-hmm. And that was a point where you really have to sink or swim. It's just you in court. You're giving the jury addresses. You're talking to the judges and you know initially, and then you pair up sometimes with other prosecutors. But that freedom to figure out who you are, use your own voice, and realize, hey, I can do this and I can do it well, uh, really changed, I think, my attitude. Although I still think, you know, sometimes I'm in general counsel and I think, how did I get here? And when are people going to (laughs) realize I'm not supposed to be here? So I don't know if that ever fully changes, but I loved that experience of you have to, right? You just have to jump off the diving board when you're an assistant United States attorney because it's your case. They say that, I mean, social research shows that women are more susceptible to imposter syndrome than men. Um, Unfortunately, that isn't gendered generalization. Is that right? Yeah. Um, And also introverts are more susceptible to imposter syndrome. that's very funny. Yeah. Syndrome. And so that sense that if they really knew, I really shouldn't be here. Yep. Yep. And I've heard that from women. I think the admissions committee made a mistake. I should probably not have been admitted. Interesting. Not only to this law school, but to the bar. Oh, really? This is That's a big so mistake. Yeah. But there's usually that inflection point. Yeah. 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 No. And look, the nice thing is, 
throughout my career, every job I did, I went in thinking, and then you just put your head down, you do your work, and you get, or I would get very positive affirmations from my colleagues or from my supervisors and made you realize, okay, I'm clearly doing something right. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to stick with it. And so that worked out. It has worked out. So, and I often wonder if part of the insecurity doesn't also help keep you humble, Mm -hmm. right? So I never, I don't think I was ever boastful or too confident. I always told people when I wasn't sure, right? And half of being a good lawyer is knowing what you don't know and saying, let me get back to you, right? I've got to look, look into that so that you don't give the wrong advice or say the wrong thing. One of the most remarkable, I think, characteristics of good lawyering is the capacity to listen. Yes. And to really be able to be, Sam Mestrecker always said, to be a close reader of the text. And the reason that you would closely read the text is because you would want to know. Exactly. And you want to be a good student and you want to have that beginner's mind. Yes. And I think what, look, one of the lovely things about being a lawyer, certainly a litigator, but you find it's true now that I'm also doing corporate work in my role as general counsel, is so much of it is about listening to what is being asked Mm -hmm. and figuring out not only the legal aspects, but the human interaction. So yeah, it's been a, it's a, it's a great career. And every part of it is interesting. So I think it does allow for a person to figure out what they like to do best and go for that area of the law. Of course, it always helps if, you know, you take a little bit of the desperation and anxiety out of it (laughs) and just enjoy it. Yes, definitely. And I (laughs) think that comes with age, right? I think that's so nice, especially for women. I don't, you know, speaking for women... I find getting older has been so wonderful in the sense that you're just more comfortable in your own skin, more confident in your abilities, and you really can enjoy your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your accomplishments, and yes. I say even enjoy the not knowing. Absolutely, yes. It's like, hey, yes. I actually have no clue what that means Help me understand more. One of the one of the great um, moments of my life was actually with a, a man who was incredibly accomplished, and I knew absolutely that he was an expert in a certain field. Yeah. And he was with a student who was a little pompous, and he was kind of holding forth, and a male student. And I watched this guy with this student, and he said to this young male student completely humble he said tell me more about that and it was such a beautiful moment right and I realized that here was this 80 year old man saying this to this 25 year old student tell me more about that yeah and he still had the space of being willing to learn more yes and he was still willing to listen and it wasn't fake that's so interesting. And that really was a that was a really great lesson for me is that he was probably successful because of that level of humility. Hmm. Yeah, I think it really helps, right? I think one always having the desire to keep learning. Mm-hmm. Right? It is a wonderful thing and understanding you 
how boring if you had nothing left to learn. <laughs> right. right. Well, speaking of not being bored, yes. you've actually made some pretty dramatic job changes. Yes, I have. And which required some, I think, of you being nimble. We put a word adaptability on this. And it's funny because we've talked about humility, but it, it took so much confidence to make the job changes that you've made um, and willingness to take risks. I think of that as being brave. Can you talk about the impetus to make those kinds of changes career-wise? So I think I always wanted to be a prosecutor if I could. I really enjoyed criminal law and was terrified of public speaking. And so I always wanted to overcome my fears, right? Ever since I was little, you should sort of, if you have a fear, you should just learn to overcome it in what better way than to be a prosecutor. And it seemed like such a fascinating job. And so I certainly did not take the normal route that most people do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was fortunate enough because of good mentors. I think so much of life is the relationships that you build both in law school. So even though I wasn't necessarily the star student, I became very close to a couple of professors who encourage you. Same at the law firm, right? With enough encouragement, you gain the confidence to at least try. And once you've tried a couple of jobs and seen, huh, I did that. I can do this. I can do this. And my bosses seem to like me and are encouraging me to do more of it. It really, it it sort of builds upon itself, Mm -hmm. your confidence and ability to go do something else then. So I think it really, it's, you do it once, it's frightening. You do it a second time, it's scary. You do it a third time and you've sort of figured out, okay, I know what I need to do to be successful, or at least I hope I know. Mm -hmm. And you try it, and when it works out, it's wonderful. So there's some kind of recursive elements to the whole thing. When you look back on it, are there some aspects from each of them that you've taken with you? Again, I think the key, if I had to look back, because I think when you're going through it, you don't fully you plow forward. Right? <laughs> you're not thinking, oh, is this good? And that was the other thing. I never planned. I think there are some people who are fortunate enough to be able to plan their career, mm-hmm. and it works out as planned. So mine, I was... I had no idea, I didn't plan, and so I stumbled upon. And with the good fortune of bosses who took an interest in me or liked my work or encouraged me, and even when I thought or went to them and said, maybe I'm ready for something else, they were more helpful than harmful, it was easier to then move. And I forget the question. No, <laughs> no, that's okay. no, that's totally fine. I, I love the rambles. I just was wondering if there was a kind of a thread that followed through oh, so all I, of them. Yes. Yeah, so I think the thread is, again, part of it is the keep your head down. Try mm-hmm. to learn what the job is. Don't assume you know what it is. Ask for help when you need it. Mm-hmm. Always ask for help. And don't play politics. I just chose to, I'm going to stick to my role. If I can contribute, I will. But I'm not going to try to get credit when credit is not due to me Mm -hmm. or undermine someone else. I think so much of that 
ends up hurting people mm-hmm. because it comes around. So not only was I lucky enough. So th- those were the threads of I'm going to stay out of the politics of any job because all jobs have politics and just try to be a good person and do as best of a job as I could. It's kind of a karmic approach to, yeah, <laughs> to professional know? life. I know. Look, once you have kids, I think there's that horrible feeling of, hmm, I'm certainly not working as hard as I should because I have to see my children at some point. Mm-hmm. And then I'm certainly not as good a mother as I should because I should see my kids more. So there's this terrible internal conflict of I'm not doing either as well as I should, but you know, I think many a woman has struggled and men with that. And yeah. it probably helps you quickly distill what's necessary to do in order to and get the to the And the politics and the game playing is unnecessary. And you have no time for it. And there's right. like, it you do- just want to go home. <laughs> there's no time to think. Why use machinate. your psychic real estate <laughs> yes, on, on that, that nonsense? Right. Yes. Well, I think that one of the things that our students would probably like to know is how do you know when it's time to move on? I think that's a very personal decision, right? Mm -hmm. I think certain people go somewhere and that's where they want to stay for a very long time and that's what is good for them internally. But what I would say is often people fear the change, right? And you become stagnant. And you know when it's time to leave. So I left certain jobs, not because I was ready to leave, but because of the whole, I had had mentors who then called me and said, hey, will you come and help me now? And so it's it wasn't necessarily always I was ready to leave, but because of other things in my life, I chose to leave and other jobs, I just knew you know what, this is not going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that jobs have to make you fully happy, but you should look forward to going to work, right? You have one life. And so if you're really feeling unsatisfied, you know it. And that's, but I, I, I fully appreciate it. It's scary. It is scary to make a change. But having made many, it's not that scary, <laughs> right. right? Well, and there's a kind of a there's a kind of common trope that you can either be pulled to different work, yes, or you can be pushed away from whatever it is you're doing, yeah. out of whatever misery that there is. Correct. And there's kind of two approaches, mm-hmm. and either way, there's. I mean, you're right. It doesn't. You don't have to be happy. Yes. It doesn't have to be like you know unicorn poop and sunshine right but at the otherwise same time, you wouldn't get paid right <laughs> I mean if it was all unicorns but you you know right mm. and it's like and so what so if the next job is not the right one at least you've made the change and life is long right so I think people should allow themselves the ability to make mistakes because mm-hmm. one you learn you learn more from your mistakes than your victories on how to deal and cope and become a better whatever it is you're doing. Uh, So I think that fear of making the wrong next move prohibits people from exploring other opportunities. But it's really not that scary. Because again, if that one's wrong, you'll find something that's right. 
or at least yeah. I think you should keep searching until you do, right? So for me, the U.S. Attorney's Office was amazing. I could have stayed longer. It was wonderful. But I got pulled to something else, which turned to, out to be also a wonderful experience. The pull. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, I want to leave. Sometimes it's, oh, I, I should for other reasons. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like trying on a coat, and you think, oh, this fits. This feels really good. I'm going to, this works. And if it doesn't fit, you can try something else. Yes, exactly. It's like, whoa, we, we just don't have that experience of work that we can, we can change it if it doesn't fit us. Right. But you yeah. should, right? Because an uncomfortable coat is... Yeah, right. right. It itches. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny because here you are, uh, a history major, and yet you don't seem like you're pitched toward looking back a whole lot. And so here I am going to ask you um, a question about looking back. Okay. Because I typically end the conversations with this because I th- want you to think back to the beginning of law school. Yeah. And your, your little scared 1L self. What would that 1L self think of you now? I th- hmm. The 1L self... I think would chuckle and be so relieved. Oh, right. Yeah. That, oh, you did. You found your way and you had fun doing it. So I think she would be very relieved. I'm so tickled to hear you use the word fun, that you had fun doing it. Yes. I mean, you radiate fun, (laughs) um, which isn't necessarily something that I would say to every general counsel that I meet. (laughs) It's just like, especially, you know, we think of corporate compliance and those words don't necessarily come down to the word word fun. Well, I think, again, so in certain respects, life is long. In other respects, life is so short. You have to try to have fun and not take yourself so seriously because really, you know, I'm just... Who are we? Who are we? (laughs) Who am I? Why do we take ourselves so seriously? No, so I don't ever try to take myself seriously. Well, thank you so much for coming in and having this conversation with me. It's oh, been, thank you. It's been fun for me. And oh, great. Well, yeah. I'm so glad. Thank and you. I think our students will find it really fun as well. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Mitra. For more information about the Women's Leadership Network at NYU School of Law and to access more episodes in this series, please visit us online at law.nyu.edu dot edu slash women's leadership.